This episode is brought to you by the following sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Trevon Sellers Design Studios. Check out TrevonSellers.com for all your branding needs, logo, and website designs, and step your brand up. What's good? I'm Zay Moore. And I'm Juma. And, and this, this is, is the Zay, Zay Something, something podcast. podcast. The podcast that promotes growth through conversation. So sit back and listen while we say something here on the Zay Something Podcast. Welcome back to another week of the Zay Something Podcast. This is episode 25. I cannot believe we are at episode 25. 25. 25 episodes. Thank you guys for listening. Um, the Conversationalist, you guys keep us going, supporting us. I feel like we're, we're pros now. Yeah, we're definitely pros. Come on, 25 games in? We're, we're definitely <laughs> pros. Um, and welcome back, Juma. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. I know y'all missed me. Yeah, yeah, we had a brief break with you. Uh, yeah, y'all were on your, you know, real nigga shit, but you okay. know. We're not going to talk about that, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to use the N-word at heard, all. I heard some very interesting things said by you and my husband. and. Uh, yeah, your husband specifically. Specifically, he yes. said he said some pretty shitty things, in my opinion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, if you didn't listen to the last episode, you should probably go back. Go back and listen to it. It's it ratchet is as hell. The shit. Um, all right, but today we have a very special guest. Um, he's a devout listener and one of the biggest supporters. Actually, his wife is the reason we have merch um, for the merch giveaway right now. So, uh, big ups to. Brandon Jasperson. Hey. hey how's it going? <laughs> thank you for being on, man. Thanks for having me. Man. Yeah, thank you for listening and everything. Like, I really yeah. appreciate it. Um, yeah. And we're going to have a good conversation. He's a movie buff like I am, um, and we all went to see, not together, but we all went to see us, and we're going to talk about that. Um, but starting off... We're wait, gonna... wait. Shout out to his wife, Lauren. Oh, of She's course. She's one of my best friends. Shout out to Lauren. You made the shirts. Yes. <laughs> Lauren, shout out to you. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I know Najuma, and then I got to know Isaiah's. Yeah. My wife was in the same sorority as Najuma in college, so I got to know her in college, and then I think I met you in college too. Yes, at a but we we're kind of yeah, we're yeah. kind of post college friends because mm-hmm. I knew I knew Najuma, and then I got to meet Maurice, and then yeah. I think we met maybe once or twice at a party or two. But yeah, something like that. So um, all in the friend circle. Yeah, yeah, definitely one of the people in the friend circle. I do a, a consider him a friend. Um, we talked about friendships a couple episodes. If ago. I'm in the second circle, <laughs> if I'm on the bench, you don't you don't gotta play. Yeah, it's it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm cheering from the stands. <laughs> you're in the game, man. You're in the game. I promise right, you, you're in right. the game. Um, but we're gonna jump right into uh, the say less, say more segment. This is the icebreaker segment where we share as much or as little as we want on a random question or topic of conversation. So. Being that we're talking about the movie Us, um, if you haven't seen it yet, disclaimer, it's going to be a lot of spoilers. Like, we're really going to get into the movie. So if you haven't seen it, I want to tell you not to listen to this episode, but I kind of think you should still listen to it. Because I don't think it's going to ruin the movie. It'll just open up your eyes to yeah. the different ways that you can interpret it. Yeah, for sure. That's what I was, I was thinking before, before uh, when you said you want to do this. And I was like, if people haven't seen it, they might. Because I know a lot of people haven't seen it because yeah. it's a horror. Maybe they're scared. But I think if you haven't seen it and you listen to this podcast maybe they'll make you more interested and want to go exactly. see it because yeah. you're not going to get the horror from the movie by listening to the podcast because exactly. that's all the extra you know tense feelings you're going to get exactly movie, so. and um it's just it's, it's a really good movie it'll make you think if you go and see it without the context of what we're speaking about you'll probably go into it um and just because there's not a lot of context in the trailer 
So then you just go in thinking it's a, a horror movie and you take it as such. Bro, when I saw that trailer, I <laughs> was like, I can never listen to I Got Five on it the same way ever again. I love that song. And like, I love yeah. the mix version too. I was too. fucking terrified. So <laughs> I was so terrified. Yeah, yeah. When, when I saw it too, I was because I really like Get Out and I was like, uh, I don't think I could do this because I'm yeah. not a big horror guy so yeah. I was like eh. I hate yeah. scary that movies that looks a little too much you know? I fucking hate scary movies and so Maurice convinced scared? me okay never mind. we'll get into it yeah we're gonna get into it because yeah. the face you just did was yeah like, we'll, we'll get into it yeah, the lights just flickered a little bit too <laughs> shut no, just playing, just up <laughs> alright um, so the question <laughs> I want to talk to you guys about today is after seeing us if you ran into your tethered uh, twin at your current age, so you guys are the same age, same place in life, um, and they didn't try to kill you, obviously, uh, how would you react? Basically, they, they would come from um, more of a less fortunate background, and yeah, meeting you, how would you react to them? Yeah, so I, we kind of clarified this before we got yeah. into it, just so I could kind of get a hold of what we're trying to get at. And I think it, obviously, the tethered are pretty, you know, trying to get after the people in the movies, but it's a little different. We're trying to more get at. If it's someone more that's very similar to you, but more like an unfortunate situation. Yeah. Um, and I, they kind of get into the movie how we can get, once we start talking about the movie, we'll see where like the people in the movie, I think, make mistakes with the tethered people. Yeah. But I think what you'd have to do is just think about like, you know, just not really get into like, how do I, how am I supposed to like help you to get you out of here? Like, how am I supposed to, you know, what do you want kind of thing? More yeah. just trying to get their story and get background to how they got to where they're at. Exactly. And kind of their storyline you know their path yeah. to be able to better understand them before you make all these like assumptions the first time you're meeting people yeah i think in the movie especially when they see them they're obviously scary as shit like yeah that's they don't that's speak thing. but you're they're the first thing they're like oh shit like get these people away from me these people are weird bad. <laughs> these people are are like something we need to get rid of immediately and and they're not at all thinking about like where they came from or like why they're there yeah so i think that's kind of what i would try to get it with my tethered person? Yeah. Um, I kind of feel the same way. I would try to just find out where they came from and what unfortunate, like why was their life so unfortunate? How they got there and then I don't know how to help them going forward um, based on what I know. Because I think of the tethered people just in the movie as the worst parts of you, right? Mm -hmm. if, if they're connected to you in that way, they're the worst parts of you. So how do you better the worst parts of you? By getting to know them and facing them head on and then building mm -hmm. up from there. I'm scared of shit, y'all. Like, if I see my, my doppelganger in front of me, like, I'm I'm going to be terrified. So I'm scared. No. I'm not fucking with it. But after the... Okay, but this was my initial shock in the movie, too. I was initially like, what the fuck? Like, who are these people? Like, what do you want? Yeah. And then after that initial shock, then it's like, okay, well, like, where did you come from? Like, why is your life so sad? Yeah. And then I'm probably thinking... How after I get to know myself, yeah. my other self, your other self, what can I do to help you? Because if they're like the worst part of me or like the less the fortunate. less fortunate side of me, I want to help myself. Yeah. To help yeah. myself, you know, grow and become yeah a normal person. Yeah, yeah. I I think we all kind of have the same sentiment. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just. You got to confront yourself, people. It's the message that we're trying to convey. Um, all right. <clears throat> we're going to move right into the What They Say in segment. This is the segment where we update you on the current events in the world and in the culture. We keep an ear to the streets so y'all can know what they're saying. 
Um, so this week, yes, it was April Fools, and uh, Justin Bieber tried to play a trick on us. You weren't the only one trying to play April Fools jokes and whatnot. Wait, what do you mean? You, you and your April Fools joke. Oh with yes, the yes. Oh damn, I forgot about that. <laughs> you know, but only the real listeners know about that. <laughs> but uh, yes, so Justin Bieber uh, played a joke on his fans by posting a picture, I believe, of um, his now wife getting an ultrasound, which turned out to be a joke, and he got a lot of backlash for it. Uh, specifically, people were saying like it's insensitive to post jokes about pregnancy when there's women out there that can't have babies and can't get pregnant or have difficulty getting pregnant um, and it's not really a joking matter how do you guys feel about it I'm going to start with you guys because I have my so personally I'm on the side of the fans I don't think it's right to make pregnancy jokes and okay. every April Fool's Maurice will be like oh we go joke and say that you're pregnant I'm like nah that's that's not the joke to make I don't yeah. like it can be funny like it's a it's a old old timey kind of a joke okay i give you that like it's, it's like hacky. It's, yeah. yeah hacky it's just like oh it's so funny yeah. i wasn't pregnant like yeah. but now <laughs> people are so sensitive that like anything can kind of trigger people so i think that with that whole joke there are women who can't get pregnant or have troubles getting pregnant or they just have you know, things going on in their lives that may trigger their, their feelings and may, they feel some type of way about it. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. It's, it does seem a little bit outrage culture-ish to me. You yeah. Know? I mean, people get mad about anything. I they, mean, really they really do. Because, I mean, like, she, what if she actually was pregnant? Then does that trigger them because they can't? You know what I mean? Are you not supposed to share your pregnancy? Exactly. I get it when you're trying to, like, you know, pull this stupid rug out. Like, oh, actually, I'm not pregnant. Like, it's, like, yeah. April Fool's in general, I feel like it's kind of dumb. Yeah. Especially if you're doing it on social media and you have a billion followers. Like, right. Like, Bieber and stuff. But, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think... So, my thing is, in the realm of comedy, if you're doing things with the intention of being funny, then it's it shouldn't be taken as um, an out... You know, you shouldn't be outraged by it. Granted, it's a cheesy joke. Super yeah. cheesy joke. But Justin Bieber is not a comedian. Oh, he's not a comedian. Well, but he is a funny guy. Did you If you've seen his roast, granted, he probably had writers, but he actually presented well um, at the end when he kind of roasted everybody who roasted him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, he's a funny guy. He, he I think he's a practical joke type person he's, he, he seems a like a tool to me well, okay that's probably and it is april fools too so like i mean you gotta be able to make a joke on april fools exactly i mean i don't know and then him he probably i mean i'm assuming but he didn't have the childhood that we had right and in our childhood we would play a lot of games and joke around a lot he had to focus on business touring singing and writing songs so if he wants to throw a joke out there at what 27 20 you know however old he is he can do that Again, cheesy joke, but he should still be able to do that. And the outrage culture is ridiculous because how do you jump from um, this was a joke about his wife, who could possibly be pregnant, getting pregnant, um, turns out it was a joke, to like how do you jump from that to women, there's women out there that can't get You can say that about anything. Like granted, like what you said, uh, if she was actually pregnant, would they be outraged because they can't get pregnant? You know yeah, I mean? I, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If, if I'm walking down the street and there's somebody in a wheelchair, will they be outraged that I'm walking? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, it's insane. I mean, that that's an yeah. extreme example. People but, just don't like when, it, especially like Juma said, if that is a sticking point for you. Yeah. Like if you had miscarriage or something like that. And then people, see, people will see you making a joke out of it. Then people get mad. But 
like like we've gotcha. talked about before. It, it just makes it a little too far of a stretch to like let that affect you that much. Right. And and people just like to pop off on social media, and, yeah. you know, oh this is ridiculous, blah blah blah, because they might already not like them. So they're exactly looking, they're looking for a reason to pick them up. Pick exactly. Them up. If he would have done like a oh she had a fake mi- miscarriage. That that's, is, yeah, you see what I'm saying? Too far. They do that on too YouTube. Far. There's a lot of YouTube videos of people doing that, and I understand the outrage against that completely. But just saying, oh no, I was just kidding. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, well, moving on. So, <laughs> if you haven't heard, um, Billy Ray Cyrus is defending Lil Nas X's rap song as country. Um, so the song. <laughs> Old Town Road, which by the way, which by the way, that is Maurice's favorite song. Yo, he has been playing that nonstop. Does he listen to like regular country, or is he a country? Oh singer? no, country guy. <laughs> no, not at all. Okay, I can vouch for country singers, right? I listen to country music, okay. maybe not like deep, super country music, but I like. The Hunter Hayes um, type. It's kind of. I don't know any country. I don't listen to country. Got you. So, <laughs> but it it's a good genre. There's some good songs out there, and that song, I love it. I, yeah, I, no offense to the country fans, but I I can't get with it. Oh, so anyway, right. so his song "Old Town Road" uh, made it to the country music Billboard charts, and then was removed on the grounds that they didn't find it to be country music. Um, and Billy Ray Cyrus tweeted out to him saying basically like you're something about being an outlaw but basically like supporting him yeah um so you're an outlaw brother (laughs) (laughs) what do you guys think of this i feel like i've heard the song Mm -hmm. and i feel like it's country to me i mean it has it's basically country with bass is what it sounds like to me yeah um i think it sorry no go ahead i i think it is country based on the lyrics i kind of we kind of talked about this earlier but i think it's country based on the lyrics um, and the the theme behind it, um, the production of it falls like mid between country and hip hop. But they mix a lot of genres like that. R and B is mixed with hip hop. They use trap drums right. and R and B. So um, Jay Z and uh, and Linkin Park have a song together. You know what I mean? Which, which bangs. I love that. Song. I love that song. <laughs> I did, that was my introduction into rock. Like after that, really? I went. That's it, cool. I went down a deep dive with Linkin that's Park. That's really funny because that's probably one of the first rap songs I ever heard. See, so it, really, it, yeah. Because I, I mean, so it it like yeah. definitely helped like crossover exactly. into different. That's cool. So yeah. I, I think it's country. I love the song. The first time I heard it was I seen it posted on Twitter a couple months ago. Fell in love with it. I made a video that I would not share with y'all, but it's me with Search a cowboy for hat. Search for it. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> made up my own little dance. Yeah, I, mean, I, I love this. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. What about you, Brandon? Well, I kind of seen some of the, like you said, the, what's his name? Billy Ray Cyrus defending himself, but mm-hmm. I didn't listen to the song until today I listened to it. And like, like Njuma said, I think it is country with bass. Yeah. I mean, he's really trying to lean in. I think I don't know if he actually yeah. has a southern accent. But he like leans into it. Yeah. yeah. But then you're kind of going, well, what what like defines a genre? Is it is it literally just like what you're talking about? Right. Because I mean, there's country songs that talk about stuff that exactly the same stuff that people talk about in hip hop songs. Right. But it's you know, it, your it classic country singer guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got like a ba- so then is it like instruments? instruments? So if you're throwing in bass, then that move it out of country. Yeah. I think people just love to categorize things. You know, everyone's on the internet like, where does this fit? What's this? You know, what's mm-hmm. this genre? And I think he, the little not what's his name, the little Nas X. He was like trying to you know bend genres a little bit and you yeah. know. Try to see where it would go and see if it had interest in it. it like you said, it's a pretty good song. Yeah, like, I, I love it. So, do you guys think it has anything to do with race at all? 
Um, I think you can, because that is a factor, and it's the only fact, the only major factor. Yeah, I guess you can. It's not the only major factor because the the base. But again, it, I guess it goes to the argument of what constitute as country or like like how do they determine what fits into what category right so actually i take it back i don't think it's race specifically i think that for the public because america is so race Mm -hmm. like they chase race so much i think they'll use that as like the backdrop of everything Mm, but that's a good point well what if what if you threw like toby keith If, if toby keith did this song with the same instruments same lyrics, same beat, same everything. Then it, would it be country? It, I, it, it would, probably it would, would be. Right? Yeah. So yeah, maybe. So I think it, you know, people that. might have thoughts already in their head, like where's this artist gonna fit? Yeah. And then that I think you could point to race at least on on that yeah. stance. You know what I mean? But then you do have people like yeah. Darius Rucker, who's a black guy who likes to, who does country exactly. music now, and mm-hmm. so I don't know. I people like to pigeonhole people, and I think I think since it is very different than your normal country Billboard song. People got a little outraged, like, oh, he's just up on there because people are just listening to it as a joke. They're not mm-hmm. taking it seriously, right. which I don't think is always the case, just because it's something that's new. Exactly. And I think you just, you said something in that, um, Darius Rucker. Yeah. So I'm familiar with him, and he, because he's an established country artist, I think they don't, like, if he was to do this, right. he could pass for it because he's established. Somebody new coming into the sure. game. I think that's yeah, where he did start. He he's Hootie and the Bullfish, so he was you know Hootie and the Bullfish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he was in a different genre, and he kind of transferred over. But, gotcha. But he sings more of your traditional sounding country, I guess. Exactly. Is what you'd say. I love you, so Hootie and the Bullfish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got it. Oh, so I'm pretty <laughs> sure they're on like a reunion tour or something. Hootie and the Bullfish. Dope. That's you know, hilarious. You know, anyway, but no, Lil Nas X. Just to put a button on that, I I think. I think it's a great song. I think we need to stop focusing so much on where something fits and just let it be good art, whether it's music or podcasting wink, wink. <laughs> um, or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Just let it be good art. Right. And I think actually that's something that ties with our main topic of this podcast mm-hmm. is that something Jordan Peele was mad about with Get Out is they got classified as a comedy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that's not a comedy. Right. Because they're trying to figure out, huh. it does have dark comedy in it. It yeah. does, because yeah. We've both seen it. Yeah. It has dark comedy, you know, comedic relief, which yeah. I think th- is kind of his style in that film. Yes. Yeah. But it was it was more of a drama. If you're gonna, it, it's a thriller, but yeah. I don't think they had like a thriller con- like yeah. uh, category. Mm-hmm. So they're like, well, we'll put it in comedy, and he's kind of pissed off about that. Yeah. Because I know when he made this movie, he said "Us" is a horror movie. Right. <laughs> he was like, "Y'all gonna know right. that this specifically here." Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, that you just brought that. Up. I kind of want to talk about that too, but. Yeah, sorry. We'll, we'll sorry, get, no, we'll get, yeah, we'll sorry, get into it again. No, 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 no you're good. I, I just, just think about categorizing things. I think people are a little yeah. too obsessed with it. Like, where yeah. do these people fit? Where do we need to, like, it, oh, that's not actually what it sounds like. You know what I mean? I right. think that's what, which I think it's probably working his benefit now, because now I would never listen to that song, probably. Right. Unless someone showed it, like a friend showed it to me. Yeah. But I had I went out on my own and listened to it, and I yeah. probably listened to it two or three times today. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's a good song. It is. It's one of my morning uh, routines. Nice. But uh, so we're going to move on to Amy Schumer. She reveals that her husband is on the autism spectrum um, in her new or recently released uh, Netflix stand up. I haven't watched it yet. I'll be honest with you guys. I haven't watched it. Um, 
And I will say, I actually, I'm not a fan of Amy Schumer. Yeah. But I'm the same boat. her, her stand-up special was actually, like, I enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. We're on the same page. Yeah, yeah. I, I really don't like her, but <laughs> I enjoyed her stand-up. And when she talked about her husband um, having what is formerly known as Asperger's, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I didn't know they changed that. Yeah, I um, If you listen to past episodes, uh, y'all know that my brother uh, also has autism. And Autism Awareness Week, I believe, was just what? last week. Correct? Yeah. yeah. So, um, I feel like it's really cool of her to, like, kind of bring light to that and mm-hmm. show that, yeah, like, my husband has a disability and I still love him and he's still, like an amazing person and awesome yeah. and he has all these quirks that made me fall in love with him so I think it was really cool that she like you know just shed some light on that yeah, yeah I totally agree like I would, I'm not an Amy Schumer fan either my wife was the one it's good to have a, a partner who has different views than you because she's like no let's just watch it because she, she watches some of the comedians that she might not like that I really like yeah. so she's like oh well, let's just watch it and then it ended up being pretty funny it's, I think it's the funniest thing that I've seen her do yeah for and sure then, and the way she brought it up and she talked about her husband's quirks and how they're funny to her and there's kind of his normalcies that she really loves about him mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool I, I totally yeah. agree with pretty much everything you said it's funny because mm-hmm. my brother has those like same kinds of like funny quirks that just yeah. like make him him yeah. like his ability to like just like read the fuck out of people yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, you always talk about this you like I know because it's so funny yeah. <laughs> you're, just, you're mean you're mean no it's really funny it is, it is. No, I, I love John I love John so Maurice finally went and listened to that episode yeah and he was just cracking up uh, at everything my brother was saying. Yeah. John, he, he getting his own and he just go off. Shout man. out to Lil John. Yeah. Shout out John and Joyce because you know y'all related. Right. Yeah. Y'all come. Your to sister had me laughing so hard, like at work. She is. I was funny. like trying not to laugh. I, I don't. I haven't really talked to you. I've seen your sister yeah, yeah, around. Yeah. You know, helping you move and stuff. Mm-hmm. I haven't really talked to you or something. She was making me laugh so hard. I was like, damn. She's yeah. like, she's like sarcastic, funny. Yeah. She's like, more just dry like humor, so yeah. dry humor. Yeah. And she's I was just dying. Fucking hilarious. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> I digress. Um, no, I want to, um, something you said about, um, the way that she made her husband basically seem human. I think that ties into the whole conversation here with us right. is, you know, they, part of the movie was them not being seen as human, seen as monsters. But then when you realize they're yourself, they're you, they're an extension of you, they are human. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Oh no, I like that. I like that she highlighted that. Way to tie it in. Everything is tied in. <laughs> it's a very cohesive episode. Yeah. Unintentionally, it's crazy. It's all the pro stuff. Now. Exactly. Oh my gosh. All right, so the NAACP Awards was just uh, oh, last, last week. Last yeah. Sunday. And so you guys have probably seen um, Omari Hardwick. Uh, you may know him Ghost. as Ghost uh, from Power. <laughs> It's not nah, nah, I don't know that is. I I personally I don't it's watch great, the show. I show. wanna get into it, but great show. anyway, so he got to meet Jay Z and Beyonce and actually I wanna meet them one day. Very exciting. I can understand he was probably very excited in the yeah. moment. Uh during very. his excitement greeting, you know, Jay Z, he moves over to Beyonce and gives her, you know, a very long and tight hug along with two kisses. Two kisses. The first, you know, quick little peck quick on the cheek and then the second quick 
I'm a little closer, but to, a the little closer to the lips. Yeah. And uh, people were mad. They were like, don't touch Beyonce. Don't touch our queen. So that that leads me to, <laughs> to wonder, okay, you are married, Brandon. Yep. If uh, one of, let's say, uh, a stranger you're just meeting for the first time came up and hugged Lauren for a little bit too long and gave her two kisses, would that make you feel some kind of way, or do you think people are overreacting about this situation? I don't know. It's hard if you don't, like, know the person. Because maybe, like, I don't know, especially, it's way different with Beyonce, because people, like, are so protective. Right, right. right. I don't know. I might be like, well, what the fuck is that? Like, I don't know if that was, like, are they, like, I know it's more of a foreign thing to be kind of like that, those kind of greetings, so I don't know what that, I don't know if this actor is a foreign actor, I don't know if that's true or not. But... And it's a little weird. I'm not a very, like, touchy-feely person anyways. Right. So, like, anything that's that intimate in, like, a greeting seems a little over the top. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I feel you on that. I, sorry, I didn't mean to cut no, you off. No, no. But um, I, I feel the exact same way. I'm not a super, like, when I meet people, if I don't know you that well, like, even now, I go to my friend's house, I'm not going to name him, but I go to his house, and he usually has a lot of people around. And it's girls that I don't know. Very attractive women, but I'm not going up and kissing them on the cheek or hugging them. I'll, I'll yeah. shake the hand. Hey, how you doing? My name is Isaiah. You know, yeah. introduce yeah, myself yeah, that sure. way. So I, I think he overstepped the boundary. Now, the the two kisses thing, I get the double kiss, kind of, because if he if he's nervous to meet, like, I met Andrew Schultz, one of my favorite comedians, right. um, when he does the Brilliant Idiots podcast with Charlamagne the God, but super dope. I shook his hand literally five times in the 45 seconds that we talked. <laughs> it's not that nervous. Yeah, it's it was just like, yeah, energy, it's like, man, like, thank you so much. You know, yeah, to... <laughs> exactly. It just, I don't know. And I didn't realize until afterwards. I was like, why the fuck did I shake his hand so many times? But um, I think he just had one of those moments where he just kissed her on the cheek and then did it. And then was like, oh, it's awkward. Let me kiss her again. I still think he's bogus for doing that in front of, like, you're too close. You, it's too much, too much interaction. Right. And what was the setting? Like, where were they? So this was so the what? NAACP awards. Oh, right, right. Mm-hmm. So you're not like in an intimate setting, like it's their house or something. Yeah. Where they're like inviting you over because they know you. Right. So it's maybe a little bit too much. I think people are overthinking this oh, here you too go. much. No, okay. The, and the reason why I say this, to your point, so I met and this is gonna sound so uh, silly. Yeah, her eyes rolled, Maurice. No, no, no. <laughs> Maurice, when you listen, no, to he this, knows about this. Uh huh. So I was at a convention and I met AJ Calloway from uh, One Hundred Six and Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, dress, whatever. Yep. So I I saw him and I was like, oh my god, that's AJ. I saw him, like I always seen him like growing up on TV. I would watch him every single day. Yeah. So I was like a little starstruck. I was oh like, oh my god. And and the guy next to me was like, oh, you want to go meet him? And I was like. Yeah, and I literally got up to him. <laughs> I literally got up to him, and I was like, hi, hi, like, I just sounded like a fucking idiot, yeah. and uh-huh. he, like, gave me a hug, and was like, nice to meet you, da, da, da. but I totally feel him, like, getting starstruck and meeting, like, a somebody you think is like, oh my god, this is a celebrity, I totally understand, like, you will just do some probably dumb, nervous ass shit. Like I did, mm-hmm. so I don't think. <laughs> right, exactly. That was me, literally. Yeah. 
hi, <laughs> hi. Yeah, maybe, maybe he's getting a little more of it because he's a man too. Like, if yeah. it was his wife or girlfriend and doing that to Jay Z, they're yeah. like, oh, it's funny. She's like fangirling out over Jay Z. Right. But you do kind of have that the the male dynamic in there, so you got to be kind yeah. of careful. I don't know. And I feel like he was just trying to be classy. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like he wanted to like have. Oh, this I'm meeting Beyonce. I want this essence of like a formal, proper greeting. Like, right. let me, you know, European kiss on the cheek. Okay, but if he was going for the double cheek, he shouldn't have kissed the same cheek twice. Because in the in the foreign thing, again, it was, it was like probably the, awkward. Yeah, it was it was awkward. He was probably going for it, and then oh yeah. nope, we're okay. Yeah, he doesn't normally do it. So. Yeah, I think I think it's I give some credence to what you said. I think he was nervous in the moment, and I think maybe he just. The allure of Beyonce, he was like, I have to address you properly. Mwah. But one. <laughs> one, my dude. And the, the, the crazy thing, I saw some people saying um, Jay-Z should have like reacted a certain way. If you watch the video, he wasn't paying attention. He didn't no. see it. I don't think he saw it. I think they maybe talked about it afterwards. I don't think he saw it either. Right. What is he going to do, fight him? Like, right, right. right. Jay-Z he's not going to make a big deal. Yeah, he, he's probably not. Embarrassed. he probably knew the dude was nervous. Exactly. not going to embarrass him. And yeah. at the end of the day, Omari probably just won't have another acting job for another couple years. Because <laughs> Jay-Z got power. But, um, but uh, Beyonce did look super uncomfortable afterwards. She did. Yeah. She was just like moving her hair. It looked like she wanted to wipe it off, but she realized that the cameras were around. So she just kind of like... Like, like did the little hairbrush? Yeah. Uh, but also, I think like proper etiquette, like... You shake someone's hand if you don't know them. Mm-hmm. And, like, if the person says, oh, I'm a hugger, then that's when you go yeah. in for the hug, yeah. you know? Right. And when it's somebody, if you look up, I'm sorry, we're harping on this for a while, but I'm just thinking about it. If you look up to, let's say, a Jay-Z or somebody, your boss, whatever, you meet their significant other, their wife, their spouse, you don't go in for that. You know what I mean? Right. You, you're you very respectful because I respect this person. So I want to keep as much distance because I don't want them to think I'm pushing up on their, their wife. So I think he it was just too much too fast. Yeah, There's just a lot going on. Very, yeah, yeah. Definitely agree. Um, So we're going to move on to the conversation. The conversation. Reason for, hey, the reason for this episode or this podcast. Um, in this segment, we get deep and sometimes uncomfortable. We ask tough questions and share our unpopular opinions with the intention of promoting growth through conversation. So, uh, as we spoke about all throughout this episode, this week's topic is um, on the blockbuster hit movie Us, uh, directed by jo- created, written, and directed by Jordan Peele. Did you see that meme that was like, me during a group project and it was like writer Jordan Peele yeah. producer Jordan Peele the creator Jordan Peele yeah for real I used to do that I used to do that trying to get all the words out all the letters but um let's see we interrupt this episode for a quick word from our sponsors um I mentioned earlier we will get deep into the movie so if you have not seen it yet um, it's not going to affect your viewing of the movie because it's still going to thrill you when it's supposed to thrill you. And if anything, it'll make you think a little more about what you're seeing. Um, so, But just a disclaimer that we will be you know, getting right into it. So the movie was about, it starts with uh, the, a family, a black family at a carnival. And I shouldn't even say black family because that's not really the point of the movie. It's not, and I want to talk about that too later. 
Sorry. But it, but it's something you're gonna notice if, yeah. if you're familiar with Jordan Peele's first movie. Yeah. And then it just opens with that kind of family like, oh, maybe this is a similar kind of deal to the first movie. So it, yeah. Yeah, maybe eventually you learn that it's not really about that, but yeah. it, it is just an observation. So. Yeah. So you. Oh yeah. Good point. Um. So you start with a black family at a carnival. Um. The dad's a little drunk, drinking. You know, doing the dad thing, right? <laughs> doing the carnival games, right. <laughs> yeah. trying to win the stuffed animals. <laughs> and uh. The, the daughter, he ends up uh, not winning the big prize, but he gets a Constellation Pet Prize, um, and it's a Thriller shirt. Yeah. She wears the Thriller shirt. Uh, they're walking around. Mom and Dad are arguing because of the dad's behavior and him being drunk at the carnival, um, and then she kind of wanders off and goes into this maze, mirror maze, and it says outside, like, find yourself inside or something like that. Yeah, it's... They change it later, but in the beginning, yeah. it's like supposed to be like a spirit quest thing. Yeah. Like a Native American spirit quest. Mm-hmm. So, like you said, it's like a mirror maze. Yeah. Um. So she goes in, gets scared as a little girl should or would. Um. And creepy as hell. And she goes, she goes in there because it starts like storming. So it's cre- It's yeah. Middle of the night, pitch black. It's really scary. Yeah, and and the dad was doing his thing. Um. <laughs> I just, it was just funny because I was like. As a parent, it's you classic. gotta be, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but she confronts her or runs into herself, um, but it wasn't a reflection of her. It was like the person was facing the same direction as she was. So then she turned around and it goes black, gets into the movie. The first scene, and I kind of want to talk about this. The first scene is where, uh, or sorry, not the first scene, but it zooms in to uh, a black rabbit in a cage and then it kind of pans out mm-hmm, and then right. there's a bunch of white rabbits around there and I think that was symbolism and again we, we, we will talk about it later um, I don't know Just let's just get right into it because I don't what do you guys think the movie was about because I'm not going to go through like every detail of the movie right you want to go first Brandon sure I think it's interesting you bring up that rabbit yeah. scene because it's a very long pan out mm-hmm. and they play an entire song yeah and it's just it's a choral arrangement which is something I know truly because I was in choir all the way through middle school, high school. I, I did a little bit of choir in college, so like that's what I noticed. It was like, oh, this song is actually like pretty legit. I was like, oh, this is like it sounds like something I would have done, and then it, it kind of like ramps up and ramps up and ramps up as they're like doing this slow zoom out and just more bunnies and more bunnies everywhere. Yeah. So then, like that's one thing I wanted to know like right away, like who did the music and stuff like that. Yeah, who did I thought that was like a big part of the whole movie is tied together by music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the composer for the the movie is Michael Abel. He did the music for Get Out too. Oh, dope. And it, it was actually a composer that Jordan Peele found because he was looking for an African-American composer and he mm-hmm. couldn't really find one because there's just not that many in Hollywood and they're yeah. not utilized. So he, he found him through like a YouTube video. Wow. Oh, crazy. And he's actually like a, he was, I don't think, I don't know if he does anymore. He was a teacher. So he was yeah. just teaching music and writing music and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, but that, that music in the movie, was like something that pulls you in like right away. And I'm like, okay, this is f- scary. Cause he's doing like this, it's like this, it starts with like with little girls singing and then it kind of builds up with like the kind of like the men's section, section and things like that. So I think that like immediately sets a tone for like, it's going to be pretty scary. Yeah. Um, I think. So the question I want to ask is, just like, what is your overall take of the movie? Before we get into like the deep dives on what symbolism behind everything is, mm-hmm. what was your initial just thought of the movie? Not even, not even after watching it, but when you saw the trailer, like, what did you mm-hmm. think it was going to be about? So, 
the trailer, like I said initially, mm. was scary as hell. Yeah. I <laughs> I could not. Yeah. I yeah, I didn't even want to go see the movie initially. Yeah. Um, I was actually totally against going to see it because I don't like horror movies in general. I don't like scary movies. I don't like to be scared. So I was like, I'm going to sit this one out. And then Maurice convinced me to go. And initially, like, after we left the theater, number one, I was confused. Mm -hmm. Because, well, and I've only seen the movie once. And I don't know. If I've just seen it once. You've just seen it once. Yeah, I've seen it twice. I saw it once. And then um, just kind of hearing other people's opinions, like, made me think. But really, I just got, like, the entertainment factor of it. Yeah. I don't think I, like, did, like, a deep dive of, like, self-analysis of, like, what all of the little things represented. Yeah. So, overall, I thought it was entertaining. It was a good, scary movie. Yeah. Um, again, I don't like being scared, so mm. that was kind of hard, but I thought it was, overall, a, a good movie. Yeah. Yeah, I think I agree with what you touched on. I think there's, like, a surface level, like, what the general what was going on in the movie and then mm -hmm. you have the, all the deep stuff of, like, yeah what the symbolism was mm -hmm. and i agree i'm i'm not really a big scary movie person i've been trying to kind of see some more scary movies because there's been some you know some scary movies that have been coming out recently i feel like that i've been getting more critical acclaim like uh, a quiet place was a movie mm -hmm. i really oh, liked. yeah oh i like that one too that was, that was dope and, and that was really scary and i'm not like yeah i'm when it comes to scary movies, I'm not really like a like a gore freak. Like people who really like really like the Saw movies and stuff. Yeah, I people don't. People say they have good stories, but I'm not into like torture. I would say like torture porn. I'm not into that. Yeah. I am with you 100 percent on that. I yeah. don't like that. But at if all. but if it comes out, and it's like oh, it's it's got a good story. It'll make you think. That's where yeah. That's where I had the drop from the psychological movie. thrillers. Kind of. Yeah, it, it yeah. it doesn't even. I mean, you can have like it can be a monster movie. It can be something like that. But it, it has to be like a good story. Yeah. Something that's not you know overdone and just like meant to shock you because it's this you know super gory horror movie yeah i think that gets boring yeah i think um surface level when i first saw the the trailer i was confused i didn't know what it was about they don't give you really any context except right. for there's people that look like them right. they're, and they're, they're kind of twisted yeah it's like a, a weird version of yourself a possessed version of yourself right so okay cool this family's gonna be i was assuming they're gonna be in the woods um power's gonna go out People are gonna come, and then it, the whole movie is gonna take place in that one house. That's not what happened, but it kind of set up. It started like that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, after seeing the movie, I was a little confused. I went into it knowing that, and only the only hint that I had beforehand was that us was also a double entendre, or yeah, for double meaning for United States. So I was like, okay, there's gonna be a lot too. of. Yeah, I didn't get that till after, like way after. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's that's like the simplest one. Yeah. So. But I got, I heard somebody who had seen it already gotcha. say it, so I was like, okay, so it's gonna be. So I was looking for stuff the whole movie. Gotcha. Um, and after seeing it, I was like, I don't know enough about the United States. I thought it was like policy references mm. and stuff like that. So like, sure. I don't know enough about this to really understand it. But the more I sat and and just thought about it, that's when everything started coming. I was like, wait. You know, like, yeah, it just started falling into place. And I was telling my mom about the movie without, like, telling her specifics because she hadn't seen it yet. But as I was talking, I was like, yo, I get it now. And and after that, I just kind of went on a wormhole in my mind um, of all the possible meanings. And then, of course, you see stuff online that kind of sparks different things. But it was it was a very entertaining movie. And then afterwards, I'm like, he's a genius because all of the things that I'm able to interpret out of the things that he put in place in the movie, it's like, who thinks that deeply into 
you know, and who's able to make something that surface level looks like a cake, but on the inside there's like different layers of, I don't know, cream filling. I mean, but you know do you I mean? think he meant to put in those those multiple layers, or do you think like okay, here's what I think a little yeah. bit. I think that Jordan Peele he's very smart and he probably does have some underlying me- meanings but I think that people like to dissect and go deeper than Definitely. what is really there yeah. so like they may find meaning that maybe Jordan Peele didn't even think about but they, they're they able to bring that out of yeah. themselves it's kind of like reading a, a book right. like when you you know you have discussions like in class about you know way back when we would read like Catcher in the Rye or whatever it is <laughs> And they'd be like, oh, I interpreted it as this and this and this. And you're like, really? Yeah, like, <laughs> oh, okay. Like, right. <laughs> almost like poetic yeah. in a way. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. I feel like that's just good storytelling though, right? If you're if you're getting to a point where you do maybe have a meaning behind it, but then people can interpret it other ways, I think that's just good storytelling. Yeah. And interpretation. Okay, I say everything in life. And, and at some point, actually, I'm not even going to say that because I don't want to put that idea out there yet. But, um... I, I think everything in life boils down to perspective and communication, and communication isn't a factor in this, but perspective, right? Based on the things that you've experienced in your life, you have a certain perspective of whatever it is you're looking at, and you will interpret that a little differently from the next person because of what you've gone through. So um, I think, to your point, some of the things that people are interpreting from the film may not have been his intention, but I think you go into it with okay, I want people to get this from it. I want them mm-hmm. to get this message. I have I write poetry. So there's lines in there where I'm like, you have to know what this means to know what this means. And everything yeah. will come together as a cohesive thing. Mm-hmm. But you have, you know, and other people take other things from those words. But my intended um, interpretation of it is one way. But then, you know, it gets, based on people's perspective, it comes out differently in their mind. Um, so what did you think the meaning, like the overall meaning was of the movie? Of the movie, I think it was about the social structure in the United States and that uh, we look at the lower class as either not human or we mm. completely, like we're invisible, like they're invisible to us, right? Right. Um, and then if... When you say us, what do you mean? Us... Um, upper middle class, middle to upper middle class. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anybody who's not homeless, essentially, or maybe not just homeless, but people who are really struggling who are really, yeah. for survival for the basic needs. Yep. I think um, they are invisible, and we don't know. But they're people just like us. They look like us, and we wouldn't know. I think in a deeper meaning, I'm, I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but um, there's. Actually, I'll save that because that's actually a question. Right? Sure. What, what is your interpretation? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a really a look at the class system in the United States. You get a look at the the main family, the family of four. They're kind of the middle class family. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, the dad buys like a knock, like a not knockoff, a, a used boat yeah. mm-hmm. and things like that. And he's got the the friend family of four, and they have this you know lavish house that's crazy nice, and they have like the yacht out there and they're on their dock and stuff like that so you kind of have the, the the interaction between those because you can tell like the the dad Winston Duke's character in there he's kind of pissed off at his buddy for like showing off in front mm-hmm. of him but then you have the the drastic drop from like him to down to the the tethered or the yeah. shadow people or, or whatever they are so exactly. you kind of get the three different layers and 
it seems like the top two are actually pretty close. Yeah. It's the drop from the middle one to the bottom that's extremely exactly. drastic. It's like um, a group of people basically who don't care about money. Like they don't they don't worry about it all the time. They don't worry about their basic needs. Where they're at, social status. Exactly, because they're they're comfortable. And then there's everybody underneath. And I think that's where the tethered people are, everybody that's underneath there. Do you think that this movie could be a premonition of what's to come in the future? Basically, oh, like... Like a revolt? Like, uh, yeah, like, a, like where people who are lower, you know, class, who are um, struggling financially, homeless people, like, there could be an uprising or a revolt against the upper and middle class? Um... I think in order to revolt, you need you need uh, sorry uh, unity and thought, unity and goal, right? And to get unity, you have to have a way to communicate with all the you know all the people who are on your same level, right? I don't think this social structure like. Uh, it doesn't give them the or maybe not necessarily revolt but riot even like right, you don't have to have communication to riot there's too many you do because you have to get together and tell these people look we're going to riot for this reason and then everybody has to agree that that's a good enough reason to riot now if they're starving they don't have food they don't have energy they're, some people aren't going to want to riot some people are like you know what I've been doing this for however many years I'm not, I don't want to challenge the system it's not going to change anything anyway right so I think you have to have is there's a lot of moving parts, right? And I don't think people are united in thought as much as we'd like to think we are in order to make something happen. If that was the case, black people would have reparations by now. There wouldn't, like, we would have free health care. You know what I mean? If we could all unite on one thought and make change, a lot of things would be different. See, I think we're actually in that stage right now. Okay. This is actually kind of one of the things I was thinking about in the movie, and I kind of tried to talk about it with Lauren, and she's like, oh, I didn't really think about I didn't really think that. But it, and I didn't really even see it online, but I think the going kind of farther in the movie, I really talked about the tethered are kind of led by um, the dot, the switched version of mm-hmm. um, Lupita Nyongo. Is that how you pronounce her? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Her main character, which she's incredible in this movie, by the way. Yeah. Her main character is actually like, I think is leading the tethered. Mm-hmm. So they do have a leader. And the way I'm thinking of it, if you're thinking of the current. Uh, structure of the United States, I think if you just look at the last election, you had a lot of people who felt like they were not respected, who are not noticed in the United States. They, you know, disrespected, not noticed, and the revolt against the current... Yo! The current... (laughs) That just hit me. (laughs) That just hit! People, you know, who didn't like the current, the past... Administration. um, Administration. And they picked their leader and just followed them. Woo! Brandon, you said that. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. You um, said that. I, mean, I don't I don't know if that's again, I don't know if that's exactly what Jordan Peele's going after. Right. Maybe he was. But interpretation. Focused. But interpretation. Yeah. That right. is amazing. And it didn't it didn't hurt that all the tether people are all wearing red. And right. Just, and, and then the band across the United States. Oh. oh, actually I actually know a um I feel 
like my mind was just a little blown. No, that was dope. That was dope as fuck. <laughs> That's what, for some reason, I was just like, they're following this leader. I don't know if they really know why they're following them, which kind of feels like now. Uh, I was, I'm so happy you said that because I was trying to figure out like... Okay, okay so this is why we had to stop talking earlier because yeah. Brandon was dropping too yeah, many Yeah, he, he, he dropped the he jewel was, on us. He was dropping <laughs> way too many jewels. Don't give me too many credits. No, I'm sorry. It's going right into my head. No, but that was... <laughs> it's cool. This is the podcast to do that. Um, but... I didn't even think about it in that in that aspect. Um, but you mentioned the red thing, right? The the red color, I think that's uh, that's something that Jordan's going to use going forward. With uh, I think he's going to make more movies, and I'm, we're out of order like a motherfucker with, with us, <laughs> but it's fine. But um, I think he's going to come out with more movies and use that red thing mm. because if you notice and get out all the people that attended the the auctioning. All of them had some form of red on. Really? So everybody, Man. like, it was like a red, red lipstick, red dress. So now I wish I would have went and watched that movie, too, before this. Because I, yeah. I haven't seen that in a while. That was one of those movies, like, the difference between this movie and Get Out, I feel like, like, I could recommend it Get Out to my mom. Yeah. Like, she's not a horror film. But this one, I'm like, it's maybe a little too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I really like Get Out. I just haven't seen it in a while. So to be able to make that connection, that's pretty good. Uh, I can't take the credit for that. I, I actually saw that online, and I was like, oh, wow, okay. that's... That's dope. Like, and I think he's gonna continue to use that. Mm. Um, yeah, because the other people have like a uniform. Yeah, they it, it's all red, and, and then the glove. He, the glove, and that was kind of an old. It's funny because, so if you haven't seen the movie, whatever the spoiler is, the the girl who was or the tethered Adelaide, which is Lupita Nyong'o, um, the tethered version of her actually switched spots right. with the real her and the real her was down there the real her was the original girl who won the the, the Michael thriller Jackson shirt. thriller shirt right? which is what you said in the beginning when she goes into that the uh what is it called spiritual mirror maze yeah. she sees her tether version and the tether version swaps places with yes. her which I, I was proud of myself I called that in the beginning of the movie Where? Like, yeah if I, I, if I do say so that's myself. What's up. I definitely you didn't peep that? yeah I was like when I was it like, happened switch. I Lost it because in the movie theater, like typical black person fashion. In the movie <laughs> I was like, "Yo!" <laughs> no, the reason why I peeped that is because when she, when that whole situation happened, no. she stopped talking. Yeah, she couldn't talk about. anymore. See, I didn't pick that until me after I thought about which it, which is so dumb. I feel like that's. I feel like they're like putting it right in your face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, she stopped talking. Yeah, yeah. And so, like when. But we didn't know they couldn't talk. Learning, That's true. She was learning how to talk in exactly. the first place. She knew nothing of <laughs> like language or speech so, or anything. And the, the another giveaway that was later in the movie when they were on the beach and she was like, "I just don't really talk about my feelings." Like she, she was like, "I'm used to just being." No, no. She said it's difficult for me to talk sometimes. Or Got something, you. Yeah, yeah, she yeah, something said like, like that. something along like it's difficult for it, it me was to, like to talk. Yeah. So that was another giveaway. Mm-hmm. Um, in the yo, the dialogue and in this her movie. son too. Okay, we're gonna talk about that. The little hybrid, fucking tethered. The type, the hybrid one, the one. That no, I'm saying like they're hi- they're hybrid. Both the kids are hybrids because they oh, were yeah, born they have of tethered. a tethered person. Yeah, half te- tethered, half tethered. Wow, I didn't even think not. about that. And that's why the son, he's a little off. Yeah. Like. <laughs> so, um, the the son. So there's a we're gonna just talk about it. I, there's a conspiracy th- or a conspiracy or whatever that that I saw floating around that the son is actually tethered and they lost him a previous year when they would visit that. Or 
either they lost him or she actually went that, down and switched them. Is that where they're like, oh, oh remember, is I that like, see. remember what happened in the closet last time we were Yeah, okay, that? yeah, because, um, and the reason I debunked it, because I saw it going around and I was like, that's fake, because when he went into the closet, he actually put the car to stop the door. The reason he got locked in the closet, because the sister walked past and kicked it in there mm-hmm. as a prank, and then she mm-hmm. came back and acted like she didn't, she was like, didn't that happen to you last summer? You yeah. should know better. So it was like a, I'm not going to get in trouble for locking you in there. You locked yourself in that thing, right? So I was like that. I don't, you know, you can't use that. That's not a strong enough evidence for me. But when he was building the sandcastles or the tunnels, yeah, he said tunnels. They were like, what are you building? He was like, I'm building tunnels. And it was like, oh, I didn't peep that. Yeah. And he, I didn't really think about it. But the very first thing, the very, very first thing that comes up is remember there's like a little bit of text and it's mm-hmm. like there's a ton of like tunnels and subway systems that are abandoned under the United States yeah. like miles and miles and miles so I was like well they gotta come back to that at some point so that, yeah. I remember like I tied those two things together yeah. but I was like I don't really know what that means because right. it's pretty early in the movie when he's building those sand tunnels he yeah so, so I think at some I'm oh, sorry I don't I didn't mean to cut you off but I think at some point he got switched I think possibly. I, I'm not even... See, I don't think he was ever switched. What I think is because they are hybrid of the tethered, mm-hmm. they are connected, uh, basically. They are, the, they are the same, basically, gotcha. because they're, mm. they're an equal amount of oh, real right. person and hybrid. So that's right. why when he I'm, was mimicking, I'm, that's why they, they, he would mimic everything he would do. That's and why that's why he, he figured was, out how to walk back into the fire. And how he's able to control him. And he was right. able to control him because he was mimicking everything that he did because they are connected. Thank you so fucking much for saying that. Because that's, that's I've been cool. trying to, I've been trying to figure out why he, um, why he how did he, that? how he could control him if he was the real person. If the tether was were made to control the the humans and it, it just didn't work out, right. I didn't think that the reverse could control. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm still working. I'm still trying to figure out the the control thing because if that's the case, who was really dancing on the stage as far as Adelaide? That's that's the hard version because like I think. Because like you're referencing the point at the end when yeah. she's talking about being a ballerina, which yeah. they reference a lot during the movie mm-hmm. that uh, yeah. Lupita's character is a, is a ballerina or grew up as a ballerina dancer, right. and she says one of I can't quite remember one of them says thank you for like helping me dance or something like that. I yeah. think it was the one who was above who said thanks for helping me to dance or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, the one that was above, and she's the original tether. So right. so I think. Right. So was so she? So it may in the, have worked then. The control. If she, oh, maybe the girl was downstairs dancing, dancing yeah. because she was bored, or you know, just whatever. Or there's because the teller people they they kind of have to follow what the people above are doing, right? Right. They show all the creepy stuff of there's like the teller yeah. girls like running into walls, or they're like interacting with people, but it's all off. Or yeah. how they eat and stuff like yeah. that. It's all off, but at the same time. The people, uh, the people um, between the main character, she's kind of walking around, not really doing what everyone else is doing. She yeah. kind of can, con- she's kind of controlling herself. Right. So I think it's it has to do with the actual originals can control themselves. Yeah. Where the tethered people, because she talks about, she also says when she's talking about how the above Lupita, which is really the tethered one, right. got to have like a husband she liked. Yeah. And kids, but all these things happened to her being right. down below. Right. She didn't get any control over them. Everything's happening to her. Right. So it doesn't really sound like the one above was being able to control the real one. Right. It sounded like lots of things were happening to her mm. because the other gotcha. people below can't control what they're doing. 
Gotcha. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but did they talk? They talked about how the tethered people didn't have a soul, right? Yes. yes. So if they didn't have a soul, then why did they feel the pain and feel like basically like distraught from the life that they had to live underground? I, and this goes to his point. They're following a leader. They're blindly following a leader at the same way that people were blindly following Donald Trump just because they are because he spoke to them or spoke for them but they didn't really know what they want you right. know what I mean and I don't think a soul I don't think in this movie at least they're portraying a soul as you can't feel mm-hmm. I think a soul is like they're their own person they don't have a soul so they can't make their own decisions right. they can't I thought it was they share a soul people. they share a soul which is why the control mm-hmm. goes back and forth maybe mm-hmm. I when at the, at the very end when the the real it's really hard yeah, to like, it's, 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 yeah, over a Podcast, which ones, which one you're talking about? So the Adelaide and Red. Adelaide is the real tethered, but the one that lived upstairs. And Red is the, the original. The original that. So Red is explaining how everything works mm-hmm. down there, and she says like, "We're all these are all clones. We couldn't give them souls. However, they're trying to clone them. They couldn't quite get the soul into making them their own person. Yeah. So I think that's kind of you don't really see the people that made the clones or made the tethered. Right. But I think they're trying. They saw the real people. They're trying to make them just like. The people that are above, but they couldn't get the soul part in, so they weren't their own person. Gotcha. They were connected to this other person that was much more in a better fortune and a better situation than they were. Right. And they're kind of just left alone to, you know, suffer in the, those tunnels. Yeah. So I don't think they really had a soul. They're connected to someone who does, but I don't think they. Yeah, they don't possess any of it. Right. But it's, it's it, there's there's some things in there that I'm still trying to figure out as far as the control thing because it just. I don't. It works one way, but then it seems like it works reverse mm-hmm. for Adelaide specifically. Um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about, as far as like symbolism, was the fact that. So I think I think with Adelaide breaking out, switching places with her, and then going up um, and living her life as a normal person and learning things, I think that kind of talks to the people who make it out of the lower class, and then they. They, they they make it like they make it big and then they never want their family to go back under um but they also forget about the people who they came up from mm-hmm. i think that um that was just some symbolism that i kind of got from it. i think you can kind of fit that to a couple different other scenarios but from my background it's like people who make it out of the hood who make it big and then they forget about the hood um i think that's a good comparison yeah i think you can make that for sure all right, well, going back a little bit of a ways, yeah. <laughs> what do you guys think that the rabbits represent or symbolizes? I'm glad you brought this up. Do you have a... You go ahead first. This is a hard one for me to try to think about what it's all about. So, I actually have to Google Because we this talked one. about this off air. Yeah. I had to, to Google this one. Um, so, the rabbits, one, they symbolize... Um, I think the black rabbit and a bunch of white rabbits around in the beginning is that out that outcast mm-hmm. Adelaide in the in a world of people who are pure or you know what I mean mm-hmm. the the contrast non-tethered between non-tethered rabbit non-tethered um wait where was there a black rabbit um, in, in the very in the, first oh, zoom out yeah the v- first zoom out that was a I don't even remember that oh wait I thought it was like spotted was it speckled it was yeah it was spotted okay yeah, okay yeah, it, was spotted. it was like it was like had little specks of black yeah, in, sure. in white okay okay and then as it zoomed out then you start seeing seeing all the white rabbits all the white ones and there were like a couple other black ones okay. kind of mm-hmm. or like spotted ones yeah placed around so that was kind of like 
it made me think like are there sure. other tethered people up there but I, um, the symbolism of mm-hmm. the rabbits rabbits are test subjects usually in experiments scientific experiments they're usually the first test subjects um, and this movie was about a test going wrong Yep. you know and it's incubation stage or whatever you know like whatever it just didn't work out probably wrong word apologize for anybody who's a grammar police listening <laughs> um, but, they're gonna uh, get you they're gonna get it um yeah, and I think you can also look at just the rabbits maybe were the first thing they cloned. Yeah. And when they realized they could clone the rabbits, yeah. then they wanted to go on that next step. Exactly. Oh, that's a good point. Um, and then they said they, uh, Adelaide, or sorry, Red, when they were in the living room after she handcuffed her to the furniture, mm-hmm. um, she was saying that they had to eat rabbits. Mm-hmm. And everybody was eating rabbits down there. And if you... Google, that was disgusting, was disgusting. That was raw <laughs> rabbits. You hear the rabbits, like, screaming. That yeah. was disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> but um, if you, you can't survive on a, on a diet of just rabbits, if you Google it. But yeah, so you can't survive on rabbits. And um, it's similar to, like, the food deserts, or food droughts, sorry, uh, in lower-income areas where there's just fast food options, um, and just really crappy food, candy stores, liquor. So um, I think it just really symbolizes that. I think that's what the rabbit symbolizes. Right, and I think you can you can tie in all that mm-hmm. with the whole the hunger line or the the T-shirt that the the um, little girl yeah. red had, yeah. where it's the that hunger line that they had, which it was in the eighties, and apparently what that was for was everyone across the United States was gonna hold hands. And they're going to raise a bunch of money to, to donate to, towards hunger. And I think their goal was like $100,000. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being like a failure. It was only $10,000. Yeah. Which is, or yeah, it was only like, they only raised like $10,000 gotcha. instead yeah, of 100000 So crazy. quite a big failure. But of course, it was still probably, you know, touted as a success. Like everyone joined hands across the nation. So I think yeah. that was a little bit of a stab at, you know, the people are looking to help. They think they want to show like they're helping, especially like with the lower class or mm-hmm. people with hunger and things like that. But, but they don't really. People still will fail yeah. and not really think about what they're and doing. And everybody and everyone don't doesn't care. So it's right. like almost where right. they're still invisible. Like it's funny that it was a success with the tethered though. Like they were all able to come together. Got you. And hold the hands or whatever. Like yeah. It was basically like symbolism of. Like them being able to come together and like kind of like in your face, yeah, right. in a way, yeah, because they're like the downtrodden are yeah. the ones who end up being successful at it and uniting on like over a real purpose, not right. just like hey, let's throw them some money, right? That doesn't actually work, exactly. Yeah. It that I had a theory about that, um, and I can't remember it anymore. About what? About just the 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 symbolism between the hands across America. Like throughout the movie, I just I had a, a theory on. That. I just I, I was thinking about it when I was driving over, so I couldn't write it down. You think about that? Movie. No, it's, it's it's fine. We can move on. Well, we'll move on to the next question. Yeah. So, do you guys think that the te- the tethered people knew Adelaide was a clone, and that's why they didn't kill her? Okay, so the reason I I kind of brought that up, uh, in the question, sorry, in in the out, in the outline, but did you notice? Every time one of the tethered caught their family, they didn't kill him. Like I did notice that. So with, they, because with, because I was, with the original family, right? Yeah. Yeah, the original family. I was so, and I was wondering that the entire time. I was like, they they're they're there. They're yeah. in front of them. They're literally face to face with their tethered, and 
nothing happened except for them basically like playing a game of cat and mouse. Right. Like just chasing after them, like we're fucking with you. Like so ah. the closest <laughs> they got to actually one of them dying is the dad. And when he got, you know, his leg got messed up in the whole boat thing, right? Yeah. So he was the closest to dying. Everybody else was was fine. And it's funny that every time that um Red caught Adelaide, she would or every time a tethered would catch Adelaide, they would handcuff her to a piece of furniture. I thought that was very interesting because when uh Adelaide took Red, when they switched, she handcuffed her to the bed. So right. I, oh yeah. yeah. So I just thought that was just a funny little mm-hmm. like I got you. You know, I'm going to I'm going to subdue you the same way you Wait, when me. else did they handcuff so, or like tie them so to the furniture? So in in the in the living room, she handcuffed her to the table. Right. And then when the the affluent uh family, yep. the hurt the mother, I, I believe it was the mother. Or was it, no, it was the father. No, it was the mother. Yeah, the mother in the room. She's doing the makeup. Yeah, yeah, creepy. she's doing the makeup. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that shit was so creepy. And she <laughs> to the bed. She handcuffed her to the oh, bed in there. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's how she ended up having. That's why she couldn't drive the car because she was, she was handcuffed. She was still handcuffed. Yeah, I don't. That's a good thought. I don't know if. I don't know if they won't, don't want to kill her because like, I feel like when you're thinking of it from Red's perspective, she wanted just her just to suffer. And like lose her family oh, yeah. because she had this in Red's mind. The Adelaide has like this perfect family. She loves mm-hmm. her kids. She loves her husband. And she kind of wanted to take all that away. Yeah. And she control. It seems like she controls like all of the tethered. Yeah, right. Red or uh, Red does. Yeah, like she has her creepy little clicks. She does or, like yeah. to make the kids do all this stuff and yeah. like the dad do all these things. Yeah. And I, I mean, like you said, the dad, the tethered dad, almost kills the real dad by like, with the boat, which is super graphic, by the yeah. way. But I was like, why did why put the dad in the bag into the boat and then take him out on the boat? Right. Yeah. Did you have I, any thoughts about that? Yeah. I don't. I don't know. You could just like drown him or kill him right, right. there. I thought about. I really did think about this. I was like, why don't they just kill them? Like, no, seriously. I mean, it, it wouldn't have made a movie, but right. They had ample opportunity to to kill him. Maybe they, they did want them to just suffer. Like maybe they they just wanted to make their themselves. Make an their example themselves. out of them. Because I don't, suffer. I don't, I don't think the tethered family members, non the non um, Adelaide Red connection, really had any control of what they were doing. I think they were just really following orders. Yeah. I think the fact that Red is a real person. Yeah. She has like all those feelings and the soul to feel, you know, hatred and betrayal and things like that. So mm-hmm. she really wanted the tethered one, Adelaide, to suffer. And I think that's why. Because like if you think about. On the the inverse side, the the affluent family, the white family, who mm-hmm. they immediately killed them. Like they walk That's what in, yeah, like, yeah. literally, right. Like so, so I don't think there was there was no like animosity there. They just wanted. Cause she keeps saying like, Ooh, we have to cut the tie. That's how we're gonna get our souls if we cut the tie. Yeah. So they're like, let's just do it. Like, it's done. Gotcha. There was no like, there's no emotion there from that family. Yeah. The the first family, Ellie and Red's family. There's all that emotion, all that hate. That she has towards her, and I think that's yeah. why you get a lot of that yeah. chasing the daughter, who's supposed to be like a track star, yeah. having the tether one who's actually better than her, yeah. like having the son who's like. The one thing I noticed is the son; she he has like that trick, right? He can't get it to work, but the tethered son, which we think is the tethered one, I know you said that theory, who has like the yeah. burned out face. Yeah, mm-hmm. he like can light stuff easily. He's like really into fire. I don't right. know if that was supposed to be like the tethered can actually do some things better. 
than the real people. Right. Yeah. Oh. I, I didn't get that. I didn't get that either. I didn't understand the the whole fire thing and why they his thing trick didn't, didn't work. work. Yeah, his trick didn't work. Like the it's a lighter essentially. I think so. Yeah. Why didn't the the lighter light? Um, and that was I th- in the theory that was supposed to be uh indic indicate uh indicative yeah of um him being tethered because he didn't know how to use it properly mm-hmm. or something like that i don't i don't know cuz like the tethered dad overpowers the real dad mm-hmm. the daughter the tethered daughter can catch the real daughter oh. i just feel like it's kind of goes back to that one thing when you're trying to understand these people that are tethered to you yeah. they're just like you they might actually be better than you at some things right. you always look, i think he might be trying to say, like, when you're looking down on tethered people, you're like, oh, they're, they're less fortunate. They're, like, beneath me on, in everything. And they actually might be better than you at some things. Whoa. And able to overpower you or take that, you know what? beat that, you at some things. That is nuts. Um, so maybe with the dancing thing, maybe that was really Adelaide dancing and not. It could the, be. You know, not her, the real girl, Red. Red, yeah. Um. That that's crazy, I didn't I didn't think about it in that way, so I'm really having a mind like a like a whole epiphany, a whole epiphany. There's so many ways this movie is great, and this is why I love it so much is because the different thoughts that it provokes and and like I think it's cool you saw it twice because I'm sure if I saw it again I'd maybe have different thoughts like I didn't catch the whole even like beginning thing when you were talking about the rabbits and how you yeah. saw them being like different around them and things like that and how they were kind of surrounded or whatever yeah. I was just in, I was just entranced in the music like that's what I was, yeah. that's what I was like, paying attention to so yeah the second yeah. time literally I took notes the whole time yeah do you think this will be a movie like people watching like movie study class and things like that definitely that I, would be cool I, I can see an English teacher doing that like um, for whatever reason, I think English teachers do that a lot. I mm. I remember that in high school, but I feel like an English teacher would be like, "Well, or social studies of some sort." Yeah. With That'd this movie specifically, call. yeah, yeah. I think that like be. American history kind of. Yeah. Like what do you think about the current state of America? And then watch us. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? What's that one class we all had to take? Was it political science? Uh, not political science. Um, so right. sociology. Sociology. Ah, yeah, like it could be a good one there too. Yeah. I feel like my sociology teacher would have shown this movie. That would be this and Get Out because Get Out is just about re, uh, gentrification. Honestly, that's really what it boils down to. But it's, it's, yeah. It's in an interesting package. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. The Bible verse. Okay. So Jeremiah oh, eleven eleven. Sure. So I looked up. The verse. Do you do you happen to know yes. what it so is? So it's therefore therefore thus saith wait. Therefore thus saith the Lord, behold, I will bring evil upon them which they shall not be able to escape, and though they shall cry unto me, I will not hurt hearken unto them. So basically it just means um I'm gonna wreak havoc on the world. They're gonna plead for you know forgiveness and plead for mercy and I ain't listening I don't <laughs> basically, <laughs> basically. I, I, when I looked that up I was like yeah, this is one of those days that God was you know he was kind of he was a little salty and he yeah. wasn't feeling it he was like oh y'all gonna play he was like fuck, <laughs> fuck y'all oh y'all gonna play fuck y'all <laughs> but yeah, that's basically how I interpreted it I was like so if you if you tie this back to the movie it's like basically the tether being like, we're we're not showing you any mercy. Yeah, we, like this yeah. is 
this is it. Like the time has come where we're going to wreak havoc. Yeah. And there's nothing you guys can do about it. Exactly. There's no begging. There's no pleading. Like it's a wrap. See, that's, that's interesting that you think of it that way. I'm thinking that's what God is saying to the tethered. Because they're not, they're not getting any relief when they're down oh. there. They're not getting, like, they're tortured constantly. Mm-hmm. And I think if that's kind of how the tethered are until Red gets down there, and then she's, like, their savior to bring them out. She's, like, I tethered like, Jesus. Yeah, 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 right, right. <laughs> I didn't say the... <laughs> no offense to no. any religious people. <laughs> tethered Moses. Yeah, they're going to be in your comments. <laughs> No, but, but I think I think it's cool that you thought about that's just again yeah. another good storytelling thing like thinking of it the two different ways yeah because I feel like that's almost like the motto for tethered people is like they get no relief they have like no yeah. they might be like hating living down there or whatever but they're never gonna get there's out. no end to their suffering right um I think one of the one of the interesting things just about the wreaking havoc onto society it was funny in the in the movie. Uh, they were watching, this was after they killed the affluent family and mm-hmm. then their tethered people. They were in the living room watching the news. And the news was reporting, basically, they're wreaking havoc on the city. These monsters mm-hmm. are, you know, mm-hmm. we don't know what their purpose is, whatever. And then uh, uh, the the dad, Gabe, he was like, but they look just like, or and they look just like us. And or just look just like them, right? Mm-hmm. And Adelaide was like, "But I don't think they know that yet." Um, I think that was just kind of a dehumanization of the lower class. Mm-hmm. We look at them as you know. You walk past people on the street, and sometimes you don't look at them as people. You just look at them. You give them money because you pity them, but not because like it's not like a human thing. You just look mm-hmm. at them as little less than human, right? Um, but that line was kind of a reminder, like they are, you know, these people, although they're going through very, very, uh, strenuous circumstances, they are still human. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're just like us. They're human, just like us. See, this one went right into my kind of current political state, uh, idea where I don't know if I'm sure you guys remember the last election. Everyone was like, "Whoa, what's go-? like all the all the media was like, what's happening? I don't. How can this be happening? Mm-hmm. I can't believe it." And I think that's what's happening. It's like, where are all these people coming from? I think that's kind of a tying back to that where all these votes are coming out and they're popping up, but where no one was expecting them to, and mm-hmm. the media was just like couldn't believe it. They had no idea what was going on. Yeah. I feel like that's where where I was thinking. Yeah. No. Nah, yeah. Um, that's a good point too. It's like there's yeah this group of people, this society that was overlooked yeah and but they live right here with us they count, they count just as much as any other person exactly you might feel like you know i'm a higher status person i'm more educated i've had like i've you know worked real hard and i've you know this is where i'm at these people are you know beneath me yeah. i they picked still myself count. up by my bootstraps right yeah <laughs> those people right. still count they're still americans they're still the yeah. same as you when it comes to a numbers game from a political standpoint. So really, it the movie is it symbolizes equity. We're all the same as the next person. We're not higher or lower. Um, our circumstances may be different, but we are are worth just as much. I think so. I think that's a good sum. 
Summarizing, summarization. Summarization. We got it. We got it. Some words. We podcast. We don't. We don't do words. Which the that makes me think of the one line where like struck me where like I couldn't stop keep watching it just as like a horror movie. I had to think about what do they mean. It was when they first break into the house mm-hmm. and the red character. They're like the dad is like, "What do you guys want?" Like what can we do for you and like who, who are you yeah and the, the record's like oh we're americans mm-hmm. like she says it without even thinking about it like oh we're yeah. americans i was like we're americans no you're not you're like monster people and i was like <laughs> like are they monster people are they just do they see themselves as like the exact same and that's where i started yeah. like trying so, to whoa where are these people coming from i think that was okay the begin. the movie opens with her watching the hands across america mm-hmm. right that was the commercial or whatever the commercial that was her last thing that she saw to identify yeah. with. It was on her shirt. And then it was Americans banded together. Yeah. So that... Oh, I missed she, that. She's I, a kid. Yeah. She was a kid there. So she only has seven, six or seven years of experience right. to identify with and teach all of these. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why the Americans thing got thrown in there. But it was that was a, a moment where you're like, okay... This there's something more here because I looked at it as he's he's middle class, right? Yep. That's a middle class family. They don't worry about money in the same way that people lower them do, right? So his first thing was y'all are breaking in, y'all are you know mess with us. You guys want money? I don't have that much cash on me. We can go to the ATM. And you said that he said, "Who are you?" He actually said, "What are you?" Ah, yeah. And the what is dehumanization of them, and that's why they were like. So it's like a double thing. It's like yeah. we're Americans just like you. We're human. But also, the we're Americans and, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry, I can't. Dang, guys. It, yeah. It's, it's super. Spend some knowledge. And it just really gets to where that the dad's mind space is. You know, he's always relating himself. Like, what can I get that gets me a better status? You know, I don't have the boat or, what, like, the nice boat. I don't have the nice stuff. Like, right. Obviously, these people are less than me. They just want stuff, just like I do. I, they, just exactly. want, they just want things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just want to be on my level. Right. Of, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow, guys. Well, last question. So, if Get Out symbolizes gentrification, us symbolizes our social structure destroying itself, what social idea do you think Jordan Peele will bring to light in the next movie? That's a good question. That's a really good question. Um... Fuck, I wrote this question and I have not the slightest. See, I actually, personally actually, did think. You write this no, you, you definitely know. wrote this question. But I think that he will somehow tie Get Out and Us as another kind mm. of a universe. Mm. So, like, they'll, they'll exist in, in the same universe. And I feel like he's brilliant enough to yeah. somehow combine them, work them together. I no, I, I agree with you, and I actually saw, um, so there was something, fuck, it basically said that the, in, in Get Out, they mentioned that family comes from a long line of people who are trying to perfect the gentrification, the mind switch into, you know, mm-hmm. basically leaving only a piece of the person's soul or whatever still in them while the body is taken over by whoever is being switched, right? See, I could see, I could see, like, get out as the prerequisite to, to us, because 
see okay see i think i, I think what they did they were like okay well we we were able to um take a hold of their minds now or i mean you know and get out they oh, they like have the minds the, creating they, the body creating them like exactly the, the vessel creating yeah the, the vessel so to speak to control people right. so they probably were like oh we have this down damn i mean how could they, anything about that now let's see if we can take control of their body and vessel as well i agree but i think it's the reverse you think it's the reverse i think um just and just the the time portion so it, it this happened in the 80s this it kind of took starts off in the 80s i think they did this actually because it started off in the 80s but time goes on so it's actually current day so yeah. they're both so i think these are probably within five years of each other mm-hmm. right um and i think uh sorry uh us is a prerequisite to get out i think us is them Experiment. This is the the guinea pigs, right? Mm-hmm. The rabbits mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. They they're just starting out with this experimentation. It failed epically, and mm-hmm. they kept having to to work through it mm-hmm. to get to the point where they can take this person's brain out and make it control the body. I yeah, that's that's so, a good point. So I it's it's yo this I, so what where he's gonna take it next? I don't know how he's gonna incorporate it in like in the. The vessel that he's gonna put it into, but I do think uh, it's gonna be another social topic, and maybe if the last one was gentrification, this was social status in the United States, he'll probably hit something. Um, fuck, what's a pressing issue right now? It'll probably hint at healthcare in some way, but I don't know how that would. You know, when the way this question is worded, mm-hmm. this really makes me think of. Have you either guys watched any Black Mirror episodes on Netflix? Yes, no, I, love I haven't. It. Technology. Technology, oh, social yeah. media—that's what. Cause, cause, yeah. But maybe that's just like you know tying yeah. to things that aren't actually tied. Maybe he's got this all laid out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I'm thinking of these two as close but different, because yeah. I didn't really think they were in the same universe. Mm-hmm. I think you can make the argument for it, but he could easily be like, "Nah, it's not. If they're actually not." Yeah. But I think if you're tackling these these different issues, I could see something which kind of just you're looking at black what Black Mirror's done. I think they've done similar. Maybe not the gentrification thing, yeah. but having something to do with technology, I think that's be something something I'd be yeah. interested in if you did. I don't know if that's. What I he's think going that's on. a brilliant point. I, I think yeah, I think that's the best. That would be the best direction to go. I would love that. I love Black Mirror. I didn't watch all the episodes, but the ones that I have, I watched, watched a handful of them. I, yeah. My older brother watched all of them. He he gave me the recommendations, like what what the top ones. Yeah. I don't love watching those because they make me feel bad. Yo, Is seriously. Is it kind of like the Twilight Zone in a way? It kind, kind of, of yeah. That's a good. That's a good. It's it's like. It'll take one thing and just like ratchet up to something extreme. Like I think there is one that's kind of about social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone has like a score, and that's how people you're actually like. I think uh, I've heard about. I think that, I've heard about. That's this. the first episode, I believe, of like the first season. The lady with the score. And yeah. She, the wedding. And thing. like, if you have too low of a score, like people won't even talk to you in, in like real so life. So it's like so it's like the caste system almost. Yeah. yeah. But Social with stress. but with. With technology, yeah, yeah. Oh shit! It's like right. how many like, so, if you, yeah. so if you like were to mess up on social media, your score will drop. People will stop following, you. and then like you can't like buy a house. Then it like it's a real like oh, yeah. So basically, so I'd, that'd be interesting if you did something similar to that, like yeah. looking at status of like how we look at like celebrities or how we look at like you know social media celebrities or whatever. That'd be interesting. I think, I think that's a yeah, that's a good way to end the episode. I think that's definitely where he's gonna. Uh, 
or possibly where he could possibly take it. That would be a great story. Um, if you haven't seen the movie, go see it. Please go see it. It's, it's great. Like, yeah, I can't. We can't communicate the creepy little kid crawling around. So <laughs> right. It's it's really really. Also, if you're a scary cat like me, you can handle it. If yeah. I can do it, you can do it. Just yeah. go with somebody you can hold hands with. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was just funny. Like, sometimes I'd look over. I went and saw it with a couple friends of mine. Shout out to Tyler and Bethany, the people I saw it with. They said they were going to listen. I'm trying to get you listeners. I hey. appreciate it. Look, we'll, we'll Tyler and Bethany are my friends. Conversation nation. It was just funny because, you know, you do a little glance over to your friends and, like, my wife is like cuddled up to Bethany and they're both like together yeah. and my buddy's just like looking like kind of yeah. looking over it through his fingers a little bit and yeah. I'm just like man like it's just like it's kind of a cool situation to watch all together it's yeah. yeah alright guys so we're gonna end the episode with Juma's Jewels so this is the advice Juma's Jewels Juma's Jewels <laughs> so this is the advice and personal well-being segment where you are conversationalists get a chance to share our, uh, your stories situations or hardships and allow me to help you grow through them. Mm. Uh, this week we don't have any write-ins, so I'll share a general piece of advice uh, to get you through this week. So since we've been talking about the movie Us and all of the double meanings it represents, I think this is a good time to do some self-reflection. Mm. How often do we take the time to really look at ourselves? Take the time this week to search within yourself on your strengths, weaknesses, flaws, and all. What can you do to improve your self-growth? I was doing some of my own self-reflection this week and discovered some things that I personally want to work on. Um, that's what this podcast is all about, taking the time to grow through conversation. And that includes a conversation with yourself every once in a while. I couldn't have said it better myself. That was beautifully written. Oh my god, <laughs> that was so dope. Um, Tying everything together. Like I said, you guys said it first. You're professional. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so that has been. Thank you, Juma, for that jewel. Of course, of course. Uh, thank you, Brandon. Thank you for being here. Yes, thank honestly, you for being on this episode. No, like like you said, I've been listening. I I fit it in. I I work a desk job, so I listen to lots of different stuff in this. Uh, Rating all the stuff I listen to. There's really no podcast like that. This that I listen to. So. Thank you. We have Thank some you. like diehard fans, and Brandon yeah. is, one of, is no, one for real. Of them. Like, you, you really are. We <laughs> reference the episodes like episode 27. <laughs> like, yo, no, no, you can't out me. It's too big of a super thing. No, but it's just funny because, like, I mean, you only get to see friends so much, and like, yeah. I think. I saw you at uh, Maurice's birthday party yeah, and I was like, was man, I feel like I've been talking to you like every week because I've been listening to the yeah. podcast. I was like, I got to remind myself that like, that was just you listening. Like, yeah. You didn't see me. <laughs> but yeah, so it's, it's been good. It's been dope. Yeah, thank you, man. Uh, uh, do you want to shout out any of your social media at all, Brandon? Uh, I'm pretty much off social media. I do have Twitter, but I don't post on it or anything. So. Gotcha. So, all right. I'm, well, you can find me at Najuma underscore Krista. That's N A J U M A underscore Krista with a K on Instagram. And they can find you at I am Zay with three underscores. That's on Instagram and Twitter. Also, follow the podcast Instagram page and Twitter. It's Zay Something Pod, and that's P O D. And if you want to be a, a guest, if you want to share your story, and we will keep it 100% anonymous, you can write in to ZaySomethingPod at iCloud.com. And thank you, guys. Thank you, conversationalists. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we appreciate the support. Uh, we This has been another episode of the Zay Something Podcast. And scene.